How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships, to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform, or head to gotomeeting.com tips. Hey folks, welcome in. It's on to Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. Got Sahadev Sharma with me. Uh, no Mooney today, but I think you'll be okay with it because we have an even more resplendent third uh, person with us today. Sorry, Mooney, if you hear this, but it's just true. Uh, we've got Ken Rosenthal, the Ken Rosenthal here of The Athletic, joining us today to talk baseball. Welcome so much, Ken. You are the man. Thank you for joining us. I'd rather hear Patrick, guys, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> but see, we get to hear him like twice a week. And I mean, love love the guy. Love the guy. It's just, you know, yeah. twice a week. Come on. All right. Uh, so <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just imagining him right now taking this in and being like these sons of... Uh. Uh, so listen, uh, obviously it's it's a it's a weird time we don't need to do too much of the preambling i think as it relates to baseball because um we're all we're all kind of on the same page with where things are i think you've done a magnificent job covering it at the national level um we're in a zone right now where baseball is aiming to return it's got this uh you know rough proposal that is in the process of being rolled out to the players and we know that um a lot of the you know, control of what's going to be able to happen is, is not within baseball or the players. It's, it's really going to be up to uh, the virus and governments and all these things that are out of everyone's control. But uh, needless to say, we have to talk about it as though it is going to be possible from um, that perspective. So um, to that end, I don't want to elide over something in the way that we've been talking about it. So I want to put it to you, Ken, if you don't mind, that as we've dug in a little bit deeper in the last eh, week or two, when things have started to get more serious, we focus almost exclusively on uh, health and safety protocols and player compensation issues as being sort of the two main drivers of what needs to be discussed in order to at least get ownership and players on the same page to make a season possible. But what I don't want to do, and I want to give you the opportunity because you're so have your arms around this stuff is there anything else as it relates to the players and ownership getting on the same page about a, a season coming together that we shouldn't be skipping over in the conversation, you know, in saying that like, oh, this is actually also a challenging piece because, again, I think we think of the the plan for what the schedule is going to look like, the playoffs, uh, the designated hitter, all that kind of stuff. We kind of yada yada over that. And I'm just wanting to make sure that we – in focusing on just the finances and the health and safety, like, are we missing any components that is sort of a, oh, by the way, they have to figure this out too? No, those two issues are the gist of it. And health and safety comes first, obviously, because unless you get that straightened out, as Andrew Miller told me last weekend, nothing else can proceed. But they're also tied to each other a little bit as Blake Snell kind of 
not so artfully pointed out the other day. So those two things do have to be resolved and everything else can flow from there. Once those issues are settled and they're not going to be easy to settle, even the health and safety where the two sides are really on the same page, they want everything to be okay. Baseball has to turn over its protocols or what it's come up with to the union. The union has to give input and ultimately approve. And there might be some things that come up that have to be talked about a little bit. Then the economic piece, which obviously is difficult, and we've heard plenty about that already. Ken, I'm wondering, you know, obviously we're in a very different situation than any other CBA negotiation in the past. uh, But I'm still curious, how much are they treating this like a precursor to what's going to happen in 18 months. Is there any way they can knock out some of the issues that are up that will be up in a year and a half now, or is that just pie in the sky dreaming? They have to focus on trying to get 2020 season in and, and figure out these issues. Nothing's going to be solved uh, for future as far as uh, 2022 and beyond goes. Sadov, it's a great question. And it is pie in the sky dreaming as far as doing anything that might affect the negotiations in 21. The agreement expires December 1st, 2021. I've written that they should extend the agreement, reach a new deal entirely once they're done with this, uh, or even extend the deal by a year. I actually had someone on the ownership side mention that to me yesterday, that that would be a great idea, just extend this one by one year, because we don't know what the economics are going to be and the fallout and all of that. But this agreement, it seems, is going to be so difficult to achieve that they have to focus on this alone. And then in time, as the economics become clearer, perhaps, move toward the CBA in 2021. Sahad, if you know this, the problem here is the two sides distrust each other. The relationship has been deteriorating for years. So any rational thought like the one you just had about a partnership and about actually doing this quietly and getting some real things knocked out, it makes sense to anyone who might not know of the history here, but to those of us who do, and that's most baseball fans and media, we know these guys are not going to be able to do that. They'll barely get this agreement done. So that's where we are right now. Well, and so as it relates both to trying to get the current deal done trying to then at some point turn that page to the post-2021 CBA talks. A lot of what I think about as a Cubs fan and as someone who's covering the Cubs and followed their situation very closely before the pandemic, you know, they had this sort of, um, what, decision tree of possibilities going forward that were almost entirely related to um, financial decisions. You know, obviously they they conducted an offseason that was, um, if not, entirely with a thought to how the luxury tax would impact them both this year and in years forward as, as repeat offenders. But it certainly did inform some of their decisions. And now we enter this space where not only, uh, as you guys were mentioning, do we not know what the world is going to look like as far as the next CBA goes, let alone this current deal, but we also don't know what the economics for the sport are going to look like over the next year and a half. And so this isn't really just applicable to the Cubs, but obviously that's the lens that we think about it. How on earth are teams right now supposed to be sort of thinking about the relationship between um, windows of contention, roster construction, how you're managing player personnel, extensions, free agency, all of these things 
in a world where not only do we not know what's going to happen with this deal and the CBA going forward, but we don't know just how disrupted the financial landscape is going to be for all of Major League Baseball in either the short or medium terms. Like, do teams just have to completely throw their, uh, you know, their time horizons and planning out the window and say, look, world's totally changed and everybody's just got to completely adjust or can they fall back on, all right, well, this was the route we were looking at and we need a, you know, six months to recalibrate, but basically we can still proceed uh, with that window in mind. Right. Let's just use the Cubs as an example, because they're actually a good example here, given that they were reaching this threshold, it appeared, this reckoning, we've called it. And that aspect of it doesn't change. They've got contractual situations that are going to come up. They have a direction that they are probably going to choose and face the realities that they were going to face. Now, the idea entering the season was see where they are at the deadline, then maybe make that judgment. They'll have to make the judgment probably this offseason instead and just play this season out, I would expect. I don't know that there'll be a trade deadline. I don't know that there won't be. So from that perspective, I don't know philosophically that they change anything. But at the same time, there's no way to really make any decisions. We don't even know how this next agreement between the players and owners is going to work out with regard to salary and service time and all of that. I assume the service time rules will stay the same, but maybe there's a negotiation where the players gain some concessions on salary in exchange for some concessions on service time. That's the way these things work. So until you know the full landscape, as you mentioned, you really can't make determinations, but the Cubs, they know where they are in their competitive cycle. That part of it doesn't change, it would seem to me. Uh, and now a uh, quick word from our sponsor. You know, we got to we gotta keep, keep the lights on here. So uh, check this out. Did you know 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? Did you know that? Uh, we are suffering unnecessarily from headaches, energy slumps, poor focus, things like that. Have you noticed it in yourself? Doesn't have to be that way. Uh, Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. That's sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc for you chemistry peeps out there. Uh, They help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no, uh, you know, like synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners or any of that stuff. It's a vegan formula and you can choose between three different uh, flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at uh, just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. And uh, you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And you can save even more if you use our promo code when you go to do your first order. So go to drinkhydrant.com and you're going to use the promo code CUBS at checkout. How easy is that to remember? Uh, CUBS at checkout, drinkhydrant.com, get 25% off. Boom, you're hydrated. And uh, we can get back to the show now. Ken, it, it's hard to predict this. And, and <laughs> I, I hesitate to to even ask the question, but I'm curious if if you've heard anything about Someone like Theo Epstein or, you know, we talk about Theo Epstein being up at the end of 2021. All these players, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Chris mm-hmm. Bryant, are they starting? Is there even a, a chance that those the way they think about their future 
with the current organization changes? Do, do they does does Theo shift gears and his ten years at one spot? Uh, suddenly he he's not sticking to that because we live in a completely different world is it should we start thinking about their how they look at their futures in a different light now so Hadam, i believe everyone kind of looks at things differently now we all have our own individual career perspectives and what we might want to do and we had those perspectives before the pandemic and we have them now perhaps adjusted by what has happened so who knows what Theo is thinking? Maybe he is thinking, you know what? Life is precious. My family is precious. I want to step back. Maybe he was going to do that anyway. Maybe there are other areas of industry or anything that he wants to conquer. I don't know. And those are questions he probably would have faced anyway, because he is a guy that I don't know was ever going to be a lifer in the sport. It was possible and he loves it, but he also is one of many executives who has the ability to do other things and work in other industries. And sometimes that can be energizing, of course. So again, I don't know how he'll look at it or others. I would expect players would still want to play and do their careers appropriately as they would have in the past. But it is possible certain people might look at things differently. I, I can't rule any of that out given that the world has changed. There's no way around it. Well, can I ask you, Ken? I mean, I think that's so well put and it does relate to all of us. Is there, are there some ways that you have thought about your, um, whether it's your relationship to the sport, whether it's your relationship to what you do professionally, um, how have you thought about yourself sort of big picture as we've gone through this process? Because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people love your work and follow you for your coverage of baseball. And, and I think it's been fascinating to track that through this period of time that's so weird and different and not what we expected it would be in May of a, of a baseball season. How have you processed that uh, pers you know, professionally, personally, whatever you're willing to share? I haven't thought much about it from that perspective, Brett. I am always thinking, okay, what about the future? Like anybody else, right? We're always thinking down the line a little bit. You have to. I love what I do, and I want to do it for as long as possible. I remember this was many, many, many years ago, but one of the first times I was on television was on the Jim Rome show. It was a Fox show, I believe, on TV at the time. And we were just talking, and he was very nice to me. I was at the Baltimore Sun at the time, I believe. And he said... I'm going to do this as long as they'll have me. And that's kind of always been my feeling, that I'll do it as long as I feel I can do it well and as long as people will continue to want me. Now, obviously, I am older than most of our staff writers. I'm 57. And at some point, I will take a slight step back, if not a bigger step back. I just don't know when that's going to be. And I don't know how this affects that in any way or not. Maybe it's to the point where the people I work for, any one of them, I work for a couple of different places, says, hey, we don't really see it anymore. We don't see it happening anymore. We don't see it at the same level. And I decided that's eh, not worth it. I'll step back a little bit. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I just kind of take it day by day. It's what I keep telling my kids. They're all in their 20s. 
and they're all in different stages of their professions and they were all doing really well before this hit. And I just keep saying, guys, take it day by day because we don't know what's going to happen two months from now, six months from now. All you can do is do your best each day and try not to look too far ahead, though, of course, human nature being what it is, the way we all are, we do look too far ahead and we do worry. But it's kind of hard to see the future right now when the present is such a pain <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's so true. And uh, knowing that, I'm still going to ask you <laughs> to, to kind of uh, predict a future where how I've talked to a lot of front office people about this, and I'm sure you have, too. So I'm curious what you've heard, how disastrous a 2020 season being wiped out would be for when I obviously there's a lot of ways we could go here but I'm curious what do front offices look like what does uh, are we talking about whole chunks of scouting departments being gone like what what sort of bad scenarios happen if we don't have 2020 which is why I keep coming back to this is why I see them really coming together and finding a deal to work out because they everyone agrees that no 2020 season is a very ugly scenario for the game. I agree, Sahadev, and frankly, there is no alternative to playing this year. They have to try, and they have to get on the field and figure it out. And that's why, for all the noise you're going to hear in the coming week, maybe two weeks, about the players and owners squabbling and this and that, they're going to eventually have to figure this out and get to a point where they are ready to go. Now, how it proceeds from there, who knows, but I'm just simply talking about getting to the point where they are capable of playing both logistically from a health standpoint and also from an economic standpoint. Now, where the sport goes is a fascinating question, and it's difficult to know because you hear various degrees of gloom and doom coming from the clubs, and clearly this is going to have an impact. We know that. We also know the scouting industry was in jeopardy the way we once knew it even before this happened. And I expect teams are going to continue to cut back on scouts because that's what they were doing in the first place. I also expect the minor league situation to be the same thing uh, or in the same spot. Baseball was heading toward a spot where they were going to reduce the minor leagues, maybe by 42 franchises. I don't expect those efforts to diminish. So all these cost-cutting things that were going on before, I would expect that they would accelerate. Now, front office size and payroll and all of that, there's going to be an impact. How big an impact, that remains to be seen. If the season can be salvaged and if they can cut their losses, the teams, then it gets better. But... Sahadov, I don't know. I just know I keep hearing from front office people, ownership types, that it's really bad and it's going to have a pronounced impact. Now, I don't know how much of that is threatening the union kind of thing and tough to filter out all this stuff. But as we wrote today, Evan and I wrote this story today about revenue sharing and teams share in a normal year 48% of their local revenue. So it goes into a pot. 48% of every team's local revenue, and that's redistributed. Well, chances are there's not going to be that this year because there's not that much revenue to share. And it's impacting different teams in different ways. And it was interesting in researching this. It turns out that Tampa Bay, for once, 
is actually in not such a horrible position relative to other clubs. Why? Low payroll, pretty good TV deal. So if you come back, they get that money. And attendance wasn't a big part of their equation anyway. So playing without fans is not as damaging as it would be to other teams. Each team has its own particular circumstance along the same lines. The Cubs are a team that I expect would have a big problem because they do so much on game day around the park. So it's going to be difficult to see how this all plays out, but I do expect some retrenchment. And the question really becomes how quickly do things return to normal if they ever do. We don't even know right now how comfortable fans will be going to the game next year, right, to a park. We don't know if there's going to be a vaccine by April 1st, 2021. There should be, hopefully. But even then, will fans feel the same way? Will they have the money to go to the ballpark the way they once did? These are all unanswered questions. And unfortunately, that's just what it's going to be uh, as it is in our daily lives, that um, a unique level of uncertainty that you know, I think most of us have not had to deal with at this level, and it has uh, infiltrated our sport as well. And hopefully, like you said, that, that there is some way to uh, make a good run at, at coming back. And I think um, I think we all want to see that in a safe way. And I also would say that, uh, you know, even as the game is not being played, got to strongly, strongly encourage folks to make sure that they're following Ken's work closely. Um, you know, his piece on the revenue sharing component this morning with Evan was uh, fascinating. And I follow the financial stuff very closely. And even that was something that I had not really considered very deeply. And so uh, that was fantastic. Uh, you have a Q&A with Nolan Arenado that was uh, really, really great. So uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, what you do is fantastic. I got to say at a personal level, I'm a total fanboy, so please keep oh, up the thanks. great work. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, thank you for being on. Check out Ken's great work uh, at The Athletic. You can see Sahadev's also quite strong work at The Athletic. And you can uh, find my stuff at Bleacher Nation. And uh, we'll be back at you guys uh, soon. And thank you. Have a great weekend. Be safe. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated on what's going on at the national baseball level. Thanks, folks.